Hello, our Connectionist family. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. We've missed you. We have. <laughs> We've missed being here. We've been gone for a while. Of course. A long while. Um, life updates, Anna? Life updates. Hmm. We're now going to the same therapist. We have the same therapist. Guys, I'm very going. Very excited. I'm going to Joe. Joe is my boy now. It was Joe only is a Joe's my therapist. Time. It was. Alicia's trying to been trying to get me to go to him for like a year now, maybe more. And mm-hmm. he's a genius and I love him. He is a genius. Yeah. He's so great. He seriously is amazing. So yeah, we have the same therapist now. Um I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm like I went to New York you and DC yeah, with Eli. Yeah, it was you went really to fun. on your trips. Went to a ton of museums. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got five million mosquito bites in DC. Love that. Which w- I don't know. It was so weird. It was like two nights, and they just ate me alive. They were like all you can eat buffet. Yeah, and also from my soccer game the other day, I got a ginormous bruise she on got her a thigh. contusion yeah, on her it's leg huge yeah like if you guys follow anna and have seen her bruises from lake powell which Mother. are now gone yeah i just have like one big one that's blue on my thigh it is ginormous so and my bruise calcified oh on my thigh so you guys know when like wrestlers get like cauliflower ear because they yeah. like get hit so many times it like hardens yeah it happened on my freaking leg so my calf has like this bump that will probably be there until i die <laughs> Uh, freaking Lake Powell and my hemophilia. Memories. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Um, I'm trying to think if I have. Uh, I don't know. I've just been working. I've just been working a lot. Is the thing. Yeah. Like I don't have exciting things because I've been working like crazy, which has been great. I started a podcast for Crumble. Um, I'm hosting it now, and we just wrapped season one, so that's been exciting. When you said you were starting a podcast for a second, I was like, what? Like, oh, news? <laughs> but that I've known about this. I just like, don't tell you that I'm starting a different podcast Dude, without what you. If, what if we waited to tell each other updates until we were recording? Oh, so shut like up. An Live reaction. <laughs> yeah. Can you it, like, I just tell you I have like a boyfriend. You like, tell me you're what? engaged. Yeah. That would be wild. Which neither of those things are true. But if yeah. they had I'm happened. Like, well, just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, I wouldn't that be news. funny? Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> like, so funny. Really By the funny. way, I am engaged. Will that matter? Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, sorry guys. We uh, almost. I <laughs> we our our previous episode. I hadn't deleted it from the master track, and so as we were recording, we saw that the that we were about to oh, like how record does over previous yes. audio. Yes, we're clearly not the most tech savvy. Oh, but we're just pushing it is through a it. Miracle that I we know. get these episodes up when we do. <laughs> I know, seriously, and there probably is like a static even with this audio that we've been trying to figure out, but we'll get there. Yeah, if someone in tech wants to just like do an act of kindness for us and, and tell us. us how to fix this, please. Um, yeah. but anyway, so uh, we'll buy you crumble cookies. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we will. Which funny. Crumble just signed a partnership with the Jazz. Wait. Funny enough. Mm. I know. Yeah, touchy, so I touchy. I no longer work at the Jazz, but. Which um, I think we told them. Yeah, I think I told yeah. you guys that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said Trauma. the whole story. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, when I worked at the Jazz, we they said they were going to use Crumble, but then it was something dramatic. I don't even know the whole story. Well, they were partnered with another cookie company. Yeah. And so we, we had to buy out the other cookie company's contract. Oh. Which Crumble makes literally a billion dollars a year, so that wasn't a problem. I can't remember what cookie company it was. It was like a local one in Salt Lake. Goodly? Because that was the one they were with. I think so. Wait, I think I liked the one before Goodly Cookie. Chip. No. So it must be Goodly. Yeah. Because I personally think Goodly is better than 
don't shitty. I know. Just I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm just kidding. I've never tried them, and I love They're crumble. They're really, really good. But not emotional. Well, I am emotional. She just starts crying. I'm I'm like, like, I think Kuthley's better. <laughs> She's like, how dare you? <laughs> how I'm dare like, you? Okay, calm down. Okay, anyway, anyway. Any other life updates? Other life updates? No, we're five minutes into this I thing. got another ear piercing. She did. Which kind of leads into just touching up on general conference it does. this recent weekend. Yes. And the For Strength of Youth pamphlet changes was honestly my favorite thing to come of it. Huge. And was a big testimony builder for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Most of it here. I'm going to actually pull up the For Strength of Youth pamphlet. <laughs> so the sections in it are titled Making Inspired Choices, Jesus Christ Will Help You, Love God, Love Your Neighbor, Walk in God's Light, Your Body is Sacred, Truth will make you free and find joy in Jesus Christ. And I just love like those titles alone. It's not like dress and modesty, appearance, dress modesty, and appearance, yes. sexuality. I can't remember what it was. It was like, it, yeah, it was like sexual purity was one of them. Sexual purity, that's Maybe, right. Yeah, word of wisdom, I think, was yeah. one of them. Yeah. I can't remember all of them. But anyway, just reading those makes me feel so much more, <sighs> yeah, yeah, like kind of relieved, but yeah. at the same time, like motivated to become something because. Mm. The last First Strength of Youth pamphlet was very much like a checklist thing. Yes. And you could tell someone was worthy or being a good person by the boxes they were checking. If they were covering their shoulders, if their shorts weren't too short, if their tummy was covered, if they didn't have tattoos or piercings. Mm -hmm. And like you could look at someone and think you know how much they love God. Yeah. And redemption is not a checklist. You can't checklist your way into heaven. No, and you know? like becoming someone isn't a checklist either. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not like, oh, check, I've become totally humble or totally mm-hmm. grateful or less stubborn. Like it's a constant thing. And the gospel is very much about progression and becoming something. It's a yes. process of becoming yes. the best you, becoming more like our Savior. But before it was a checklist. So this is very much like. I don't know. I think Game assisting changing. youth in yeah. learning how to make good choices. Yes, and not judge other people on their choices. Yeah, like, focus on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because someone could think they're a good person by checking off all the boxes, but they might be missing the mark. Yes. Or someone might not be quite, like, checking all those boxes and then feel like they're a bad person. Even though they're trying. Even though they're trying their best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am so stoked about it. I think it's really going to help with judgment culture, too. Yes, oh my I gosh, yes. I think it might... I think we might see bigger changes like in our grandchildren's generation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll live to really see like a ton in ours. But I yeah. think it's a good step. Yes. A really, really good step. Yes. It was a I step agree. I needed to see. Yes. In the church for me. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. I'm thrilled. Me freaking too. And something that Joe, our, our therapist now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> said that I really loved about this um, is we were talking about like worthiness, right? And how, worthiness is so typically believed to be a byproduct of obedience right the more obedient you are the more worthy you are which makes sense why we think that way because you know in the lds religion and culture you know you have your temple recommend interview questions and all of them are like how obedient are you to this this and this um so then you know you're worthy of a temple recommend so obviously we would translate Mm -hmm. worthiness to obedience uh and joe blew my mind and he said worthiness is a byproduct of intelligence not obedience and it goes back to what we've talked about in, in the last season where um, we put the cart before the horse, right? And we think we kind of worship the rules rather than worship Jesus. Uh, and 
he made this analogy of like if we had to pick one person on the planet to have a driver's license, who would be the most worthy to have a license? The person who obeys the laws the most or the person who knows the most about how to drive a car? And I was like, oh, yeah, the person knows the most how to drive a car. He's like, boom, there you go. Like mm-hmm. that's intelligence is worthiness. Obedience is is not. And I think obedience is still good, but oh, yeah. I think it yeah, needs yeah. to be driven by intelligence. Exactly. Like understanding why you are doing something. The it shouldn't intention. be just because. Yes. It should be because you know something about the thing you're doing. Yes, exactly. Like I know why I choose to carry myself this way. It's because X, Y, Z. Yes. It's not because someone told me to and because I've been raised to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really hope it will help youth take charge of building intelligence for themselves and making choices for themselves mm-hmm. having to like actually use your brain because no mm-hmm. one is telling you anymore oh you have to do x y and z it's like no you have to learn how to make these choices which is so much harder mm-hmm. which is so much harder but a better way to live but like when i heard all of these changes and like everything i had a second where i was like wait like i just want someone to tell me what to do and then i'll just do mm-hmm. it you know like it's way harder but more rewarding to have to go through that process yourself and actually be intentional about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like, oh, the privilege of not having to rub two brain cells together. Yes. Because you're told (laughs) everything. Yes. Um, Totally. I just something. Oh, okay. For those of you that don't know or haven't read it, it's not like there are major changes. Like we can all drink alcohol and (laughs) do whatever now, but it's little things like how they talked about modesty. Uh They say your body is sacred and they talk about how it's a gift, how we should take care of our body. Um, But it it talks about how sexual feelings are good. They're not a sin. Amazing. They're sacred, which is good. Amazing. That they're powerful, that God has given them to you. And then, that also changed how it talked about piercings and tattoos. It actually doesn't mention it at all. It's in a FAQ section mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or a question and answer. And it says, what is the Lord's standard on dress, grooming, tattoos, piercings? It says, the Lord's standard is for you to honor the sacredness of your body, even when that means being different from the world. Let this truth and the spirit be your guide as you make your decisions. There you go. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> like, I, lo- I love episode. that so much. So, yeah. anywho, really exciting. If you haven't read it, go give it a read. And if you don't care to, that's fine as well. But I'm yeah. just really excited about it. And someone told me the other day, we were just talking about, you know, kind of frustrations with the church every once in a while. And they were like, you know, something that brings me peace is that the church is always getting better, though. Yeah. Like, it's they're constant yeah. little steps of progress like it's constantly getting better even if it's not as quickly as you want it to be sometimes mm-hmm. it is always evolving yeah. which is nice which is very very which nice. is great anyway and i'm sorry to all of you who have been hurt and harmed and shamed yes. by previous like standards and guidelines and iterations. I love you very much yeah 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 we love you so that was just little thoughts i feel like we couldn't brush over that because it was very targeted towards perfectionism mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me oh a thousand was there anything yeah. else from conference you wanted to mention I'm trying to think. I'm going to be honest with you. Didn't watch any of Saturdays. <laughs> Me neither. I had to work. I was working. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was working. Um, But I do I do feel like there's this general feeling of the church moving in this direction. Just from the, the talks I was able to see and dialogue I heard after conference that like the church is moving this in direction in this direction of, you know, everyone's got agency, right? That's something we value so highly in the church. And I think we've often uh, reduced people like we haven't given agency the credit it deserves 
and we've we've kind of you know put other things on higher priority than that and so i think just in general the the culture of the church is moving towards this like honor other people's agency focus on you and like trust that other people are are inspired or not inspired and if they're not being inspired or whatever like that's their decision and that's them to like figure that out but like we are not it's not our job to fix other people it's not our no. job to make sure other people are living the way we think they should right it's very ch- it's it's what was it it's oh yeah god said feed my sheep don't fix my sheep mm-hmm. right and so yes. it's like like just love and care and that's all yeah that's all we're supposed to do is just love and care absolutely just two more things really quick i follow dr julie hanks love and she posted some quotes i really liked this one's from Elder Renland. It says, I invite you to have the confidence to claim personal revelation for yourself, understanding what God has revealed, consistent with the scriptures and commandments that he has given through his appointed prophets and within your own purview and agency. Love. So I love that. Think about like when people present something from a pulpit or even in scripture or whatever it might be. Think about it. Like use you can use your brain. Yeah. yeah. Use your brain. Use your brain. The other one is from Sister Dennis. She said, How often do we judge others based on their outward appearance, actions, or lack of, when if we fully understood, we would instead react with compassion and a desire to help instead of mm-hmm. adding to their burdens with judgment. Mm, love it. If those let's see. If those you know have left, don't judge them, but continue to love them. We should not judge those for leaving, just like we don't want to be judged for staying. Ooh, love that. Yeah, I really loved that. And I think it's just so important to, like, realize, like, what a huge decision it is to leave the church. Like, that's not something people decide to do lightly. No. And give people credit for that. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you don't agree with it, like, realize that that wasn't a decision they just woke up and just made one day. It's probably months and years of grief, grief, unanswered questions, turmoil, Mm -hmm. mental anguish. And however they decide to cope with that or deal with that or whatever decisions they make from that, again, that's their agency. Mm-hmm. And, like, they said, love and care for them anyway. Um, and let the spirit do what the spirit's going to do. Like, it's not our job to convert people. It's not our job no. to make people stay or force people to do what we want them to. Like, yeah, respect people's agency. Yeah, I think it. they're, like, grieving that step. And then they often reach, like, a point of happiness, too, if it's something that's better and healthy for them. Mm-hmm. And if it is... Like, it doesn't mean they're more delusional outside of the church. It doesn't mean, like, anything like that. And I think I understand a little bit in choosing to leave a marriage because that's a thing that that's a big decision that comes with social, like, repercussions. Yep. But when the church culture is, like, so tight-knit, especially in Utah, that's a big choice. Yeah. And they need, like, just as much love and compassion and friendship as anyone else. Yes. Yes. A freaking men. Anywho. Glad we addressed that because yeah. it was a big old, big old happening. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to talk about how perfectionism makes you think you need to be everything for everyone. You need in to dating, in dating specifically. Yeah. yeah, in dating and relationships specifically, you need to be a good cook. You need to be fit. You need to be funny and smart and beautiful and fashionable mm-hmm. and available but balanced at the same time yeah and, like all of these things you have to check every single box for that person yeah and you have to like fill every role for them you have to be their listener and then also their comforter and also their life coach and also they like there's so many roles that your partner or significant other can fill for you um which is fantastic and great and that's how it should be but perfectionism says you have to be 
all of the roles mm-hmm. you have to do it perfectly yes or else you're not worthy of love or the relationship is not worthy of happening or et cetera, et cetera. right and i think self-oriented perfectionism and other oriented both play into this mm-hmm. so self-oriented is like i expect myself to be all of these things mm-hmm. and i remember with my ex-husband his mom was an excellent cook and he was a really good cook and sometimes I'd be like, well, I have to be like, don't I have to be the good cook? And I would get insecure if I wasn't the good cook mm, or mm-hmm. again, secure, like making food. And so I was like, oh, what if he doesn't like it or something? <laughs> like I have to be good at all of these things. Yeah. And I had other strengths and it's great that he's good at cooking. It doesn't like diminish anything from me. Yeah. It, it doesn't threaten. It was just anything you have. different. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I know this is so true with like a lot of moms that they have to be everything. And mm-hmm. I know this from my mom, but I think. When you feel that way, it that expectation could be coming from your partner. And if it is, that's really sad and I'm sorry. Yeah. But I think most of the time it comes from ourselves. Like we have to be everything for this person so they don't abandon us yes. for someone else that is all of these things. Yes. Which they're not. No which is. is so unrealistic. So, so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because like no one person can be, right? No one person can fill every role for another person. Like that's just genuinely unrealistic jesus can well yeah jesus but we can't date jesus no unfortunately (laughs) he's unavailable (laughs) (laughs) um but it yeah it goes back to to abandonment issues like you talked about where we've convinced ourselves that if we are flawed or don't fill a role for someone or have a lack in any part of ourselves or if someone sees that lack that they'll leave us because we haven't accepted ourselves as we are and so how could you expect someone else to accept you as you are if you're not even sold on who you are, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think we tell ourselves we have to be all these things because we're trying to, like, convince someone that they want to be with us. Mm-hmm. But it's like in dating, you need to be asking yourself, like, am I even interested in this person? Yes. Not uh, like, are they interested in me? It's like, do I even like them? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so huge. And I think in breakups, too, people are so hung up on, like, okay, what did I do? What can I change? And sometimes it's just that y'all are not a good fit and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Like with my ex-husband, we had, we did have a lot of problems, but at the end of the day, like we just weren't a good fit for each other. You just weren't compatible. There wasn't like physical abuse or like anything like that. That was like so tense or there wasn't cheating or whatever. It's just that, okay, you guys are going in different directions. You're not a good fit, but I don't need to change anything about myself. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's not true. I at mean, all. everyone always has to like improve yeah, and like progress. Yeah, totally. But, um, but yeah, 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 I, yeah. I really like so Paul Parkin, our our sensei, sensei, our job. guru, everything. <laughs> he has said this to you before. And you've quoted this to me before. Um, that you shouldn't have to contort yourself to mm-hmm. make a relationship work. Yeah, and I think that's where this comes in, right? Where like you shouldn't, if it's it, you shouldn't have to force it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to try and, like, become something you're not so they stay. Yes. And one thing I saw on, oh, what's it called? The Urban Dictionary? Something. No, no, no. Oh. On Instagram, <laughs> a page that I repost a lot. Oh, We the Urban. We the Urban. We the Urban. I love that page. Mm-hmm. One post said, like, don't lose yourself fighting for someone else. Ooh, I thought I love that was that. so good. I love that. So, anyway, that's the self-oriented side. The other oriented side um is when you expect your partner to be all of these things for you yes which is so unhealthy so unhealthy and so hard and i think like <laughs> i've apologized to eli this about this for a hundred times but wow my english is excellent you're doing amazing today <laughs> i have apologized to eli about this because i think sometimes i struggle with this and dating like 
after divorce is really traumatizing and hard so i think i'm extra critical sometimes of Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. and i expect like so much yeah and i think as a self-oriented perfectionist sometimes that justifies your other oriented perfectionism yeah like well i'm trying to be everything why isn't everyone else yes like that's so toxic so toxic for everyone involved and like expectations for some like any expectation you have that's not completely in your control is unrealistic because you you can't you can't control it like you can't even expect someone else to i I don't know do something like really basic because you can't control if that's going to happen or not Mm -hmm. you know and so like you can't you you can want that and you can hope for it but if you expect it like that's that's unrealistic because you you literally have no you have no control on it whatsoever even something like it's crazy like uh, having a long day at work and being like oh i can't go wait to go home and eat mm-hmm. you don't know if your house burned down <laughs> you don't know if someone broke in and stole all your food you know like you have an expectation of something that you don't have control over mm-hmm. and that applies to other people too right like yeah. if you expect someone to fill these roles for you um it's uh, it's unrealistic now there is a difference right you you should be able to have prerequisites for what you want in a partner Mm -hmm. and that's why dating is a thing and that's why you scope out people to find someone with those traits but expecting things from people is unhealthy yeah too far to say no no no, that's not i think it's healthy to want those things yeah yeah yeah. i think when we have an expectation it's almost tied with like a need like i have to have this from someone and i think needing a partner on any level is unhealthy like Mm -hmm. it should come from the want Mm -hmm. like i want this person i want to be with this person i want this and this and that but when it becomes a need and an expectation it can set them up for failure but i do want to be really clear that it is okay to have like um standards for what you want and to have needs we're not saying don't have needs yes but it's unrealistic for someone to be to fill every single thing for you yes constantly And, and it's very much like having dinner and being like oh dinner was amazing now i want dessert right you want more mm-hmm. it's the difference between that and being like starving yeah because when you're starving it's a need and something joe <laughs> something joe has said to me is when you need something you'll lie steal and cheat to get it when you want something you'll work hard for it Ooh, which i love and so it's okay. kind of the difference of that right where it's like if you want something in a relationship you'll work hard for it you'll have the hard conversations you'll you'll have boundaries with yourself about who you'll date and who you won't date Whereas if you need something, you'll betray yourself to either force someone else to fill that need for you or you'll betray yourself to let things slide that you shouldn't. Mm, you that's know? really good. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. So So with other oriented perfectionism, just be really cautious when you're placing these expectations on someone else. Yeah. And like show them a little compassion. I think in the relationship, it's important to think about what you do have not what you don't have it's like yeah to stay in the mindset of oh like this person is x y and z like they are really funny they are super thoughtful they put in a lot of effort they do this this and that like focus on what you do have in the relationship because when you focus on what you don't have like it's not there anyway and so and then you kind of forget what's already there and what is good yeah and for and you just focus on what you don't have yeah which and again not to disclaim but like because we always we always say these things and we want to make sure that we're not erring on like an extreme side, right? Like mm-hmm. we're don't have expectations, but definitely have standards, right? Yes. And it's the same where it's like don't um, don't focus on the bad, but also don't stay in a relationship because you get glimpses of good. You know what I mean? And so like right. it, it is always like this balance. And I wanted to quickly go over 
um alicia sent this to me when i was contemplating breaking up with my boyfriend i send this to so many people it's, so it's one of the awesome. best things to come from my undergrad yeah it's from paul it's from paul the the hero we love him so it's uh it's relational needs right it's relational needs and um there's different kinds of relational needs and i'm just going to quickly go through them the, this is just good for anyone to hear so the first is security needs this is safety stability trust and honesty and healthy boundaries the second one is support needs, encouragement, help, positivity. The third is acceptance needs, validation of worth, forgiveness, compassion. The fourth is contact needs, physical touch, sexual relations. The fifth is <laughs> recreational needs. This is playfulness, fun, social activities. And the seventh, am I on seven? Whatever. The last one is emotional intimacy needs, which is love, listening, vulnerability, friendship, and bonding. Um, and so it's really healthy when you're in a relationship to ask yourself, um, and there's questions with this, right? Where it's like, how are you co-creating support needs in your relationship? Are you receiving support in your relationship? Um, what are your preferences for touch? Are they being met? What activities do you do to bring connection into your relationship? In what ways are you engaging in behaviors that foster emotional intimacy? So like asking yourself these questions and asking yourself, how many of these does your partner fill? And again, not one partner is going to fill all of them. But no. I think that there's and there's no set rule for this where it's like if they fill four out of six, then you're good to go. Yeah. You know, like there's no set rule. But I think it's important to constantly ask yourself these things and how they're being met and if they're being met and how much you're willing to work on. Right. How much you're willing to, to not have for the person or partner that you're with. Because um, I know that you said that there are some needs Eli doesn't fill for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Like no one can fill all of them constantly. And I think like evaluate what needs are the most important for you in a romantic relationship mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. be sure that they at least meet that one. Like if it's acceptance and support, I think those are extremely important and emotional intimacy, like love, listening, friendship. vulnerability, friendship, bonding. Mm -hmm. Those are pretty crucial. Yeah. But then when it gets to like a recreational need, for example, you can get that met through someone else. Yes. Like you can have friends. Yes. So maybe yeah. like your partner, maybe you really, really love rock climbing and they don't. But you have friends that you love rock climbing with. Yeah. So you can go rock climbing with them. And, and that's that okay. Like, that's good. You yeah. Can, you don't need to expect them to go love rock climbing all of a sudden. Yes. And, th and that's the thing where, like, rock climbing might not be fun for them. And so you find that fun and that joy with someone else. And perfectionism is going to tell you if you're the right partner for this person and if you're who this person needs, you will love all the things they love and you will fill that role for them. You'll be their rock climbing buddy. You'll be whatever, you know? Yes. But the other thing, too, is, like, if rock climbing is literally the most important thing to you in the world, then find someone who loves rock climbing. Then that's something to consider. Yeah, then that's yeah. something to consider. And yeah. maybe you can get your support need met elsewhere or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think most of them should be met in the relationship. But at the end of the day, like, you know, your gut knows, mm -hmm. like... If a need isn't being met, also, your partner can't read your mind. Yeah. You have to learn how to ask for what you need. Oh, which is so hard. Which is so isn't hard. Isn't it so hard? It's so hard. I don't know why it has oh to be that hard. Oh, gosh. It is so hard to yeah. ask for what you need. Like, it is so painful and uncomfortable mm -hmm. to ask for what you need, which is crazy because if you think about it the other way, if I'm dating someone and they have a need that I'm not filling and I just don't realize I'm not filling it, I, want I would love for them to yeah, tell, me. tell me. I'd be mm -hmm. like, dude, tell me right now. But when it's opposite, I'm, I just dread it. I wonder if it's also because I feel like I'm telling someone they're not enough. Yeah. And then I also feel sometimes unworthy to like ask for 
yeah something it's like oh i'm asking for am i asking for too much like, needy. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah 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 but it's funny because being needy is okay like everyone has needs yeah i don't know why that's like oh they're so needy it's like uh you have needs too everyone yeah. has needs and i you don't should like have needs yes and i think that we've kind of pendulum swung i've seen this all over socials where like uh I, th- I think that romance used to be portrayed as like codependency. It still does, right? Where it's like, oh, if without, without you, I'd die, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of swung to the other side where it's like, I don't need anyone. And like, right. I'm fine on my own. Where it's like, yeah, you're good on your own, but we all have needs. Yes. You know, and it's about it's about finding someone who fills those needs in a way where, where how, do, how do you say this? You don't, we're saying the word need so much, but like you don't need them. Mm-hmm. You don't need that person, but that person exists in your life and they fill needs for you that you have. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think all of us at the end of the day are designed for connection. Yes. Connectionism. Like yes. we all hunger for that. We all want that. Mm-hmm. We all need that. Mm-hmm. And I think when you are a single person and you're struggling to find that connection, it says relational needs. Like it could be through a friend too. Yeah. Like a friend could be that person that's so accepting and compassionate and you feel so like worthy with them or Mm -hmm. of worth. Mm -hmm. And then there could be another friend that you do a lot of recreational activities with and another one that you have a really emotionally intimate bond with. Like, I don't know. But we're talking specifically, again, just in romantic relationships. Be sure that the partner is meeting the needs that are most important to you. And something we've said before and applies to this is perfectionism doesn't let you specialize. It doesn't allow it because specializing in something means that you're not as good in all the other somethings, right? And mm-hmm. so it's it's that exact idea where maybe you're an amazing partner because you're amazing at validating someone and listening, but maybe you're not that fun or I don't know, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you're lame. Don't know. But like, maybe, I maybe don't know. You're not the best kisser. Maybe you're not the best kisser. Maybe you're good at physical stuff. Maybe you're not like an affectionate person. And, and so then again, it is finding that, that compatibility with someone where maybe they don't need affection, but mm-hmm. they really need someone who validates them. That's awesome. That means you're a good partner in that area. But perfectionism is going to tell you you're not a worthy partner unless you fill every single box. Right. Perfectly. Yeah. So yeah. that perfectly leads into my other thought, which is a saying I heard in school, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you hear the compliment of like, oh, yeah, they're the jack of all trades. Like they have it all. But when you are the jack of all trades, you're the master of nothing. Yeah. You can't master anything because you're like kind of good at everything. Mm-hmm. And when this was told to me, the professor was talking about, um, I, I think it was like being a valuable employee, mm-hmm. like become a master at something. Like, you know you are so, so good at that thing, and that is your strength. And you can still have weaknesses, but it's better than being, like, average and everything. Yeah. Because you're a master at something. And uh, literally, as we just said, you can't master something. But um, so if, if, let's say, you're a really funny person, like, own that as your strength. Like, just be funny. Lean into it. Lean into it. And that could mean you're, like, quirky and weird, and you might be really not the best at being a good listener or something or, so I or being articulate or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Something and that's yeah. like just accept that that is okay. Yes. Too. Or let's say you might not feel you're like the prettiest person. Mm-hmm. You know, that other people are prettier than you, which is always the case. Like I, I love myself. I feel like I'm beautiful, but I know 
that Megan Fox is a one million out of ten. She would crush me with one glance. Yes. Yeah. She would. I would fall to my knees. Yes. At the sight of her. (laughs) And that's okay too. When you get in the mindset that you have to be good at everything, it's also really competitive, mm-hmm. and that can really affect your confidence. So let other people shine with their talents. They can yes. be the master of something that you're not at, and that's okay. Yes, like exactly. Like, Anna is so good at comedy, and she can get on a stage and do stand-up. I would not know. No. <laughs> I would be sweating profusely. <laughs> I I just would not be funny. Like I need someone to kind of bounce off of and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're so good at that, and that's cool. Wow, like, thank Anna you. Is funny, thank you. And I like can be funny. But no, I'm you not, are like, funny. No, you're hilarious. Well, thank you. You but, are. But just like being okay with that and knowing that someone else can be that, and they're not like a threat to you. Yes, and d- no, go for no, it. No, 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 no. Go, go for it. We're on it. That ah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's that's like that's the key is that, um perfectionism wants you to be compatible with everyone because someone who Mm. really loves someone who's funny right or loves someone who's charismatic isn't gonna be attracted to someone who's not those things and that's okay it's this idea of the people who you're meant to be around will stick with you Mm -hmm. but that means having to let other people abandon you oh and it hurts hurts why does it hurt our ego so much when we're not compatible with someone I don't know. It hurts so much. Yeah. Like it just your ego and and perfectionism is like if you're not compatible with every single person, Mm -hmm. then you're a failure. Yeah. And And something I'll say because I'm looking at the relational needs. I feel like as a partner. So the first one was security was safety, stability, trust, honesty, healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. I'm trash (laughs) at healthy boundaries. We were just talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, Like I struggle to have boundaries. I'm like uh, (sighs) it's hard. Okay. It's It's something I'm working on because I hate rejecting feeling like I'm rejecting people and also feeling rejected and asking for what I need so this is something I'm working on and also being like completely honest with myself and other people I struggle Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm. so I'm working on being someone that can be more secure I know that's not my strength but support needs honey I will support you till the day I die like positivity is my biggest strength yep being like encouraging, being a helper. I'm so good at that. She's amazing. I'm also at it. super good at acceptance and accepting yes. other people, like validation yes. of their worth, being forgiving. Like I'm very, very forgiving yep. and having compassion towards people. I'm fire at that. Yep. Amen. And then contact needs like physical touch, sexual relations. I'm a passionate <laughs> person. Whatever. I need to find, you know, okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> recreational needs like play, fun, social activities. It's like, okay, I love binging TV. Maybe that doesn't mesh with someone else i love like i am a really Mm -hmm. social person okay whatever Mm -hmm. so i can go down the list and recognize those are my faults but these are my strengths Mm -hmm. and like that's cool i can lean on lean on those and you can work on your weaknesses we're not saying not to yeah but just be okay with that those will likely never be your strength and and that's okay it's so much easier to fine tune the your strengths what you were already given you were given those strengths for a reason i love there's a question someone asked i think it was like some motivational speaker or something at some conference uh but he said constantly ask yourself what is your unfair advantage like what were you given when you were born that gives you an unfair advantage over other people and everyone's unfair advantages are different but he said oh that's a good question i i I would say i haven't thought about it in a hot second i would say mine and you might have the same one is like how empathetic I am. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's a really big strength of mine. And like, it helps a lot. Like it makes me a very good partner because I'm empathetic. Like, because yeah. I can easily see someone else's side of the story. Yes. And like that helps so much in conflict. Um, and yeah. And like asking yourself what that is and leaning into that 
is so powerful because you were given that for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Where I might be empathetic, someone else might be really like, I don't know, like fun. I don't know. I keep You're thinking of fun. fun. Yeah, but like someone else, I mean, and not me personally, like someone who's empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're really empathetic, but they're not as like like positive as you are, right? Yeah. Like maybe they're empathetic, but they're not super positive. Maybe they're empathetic, but they're not super I don't know. I don't know. Athletic. I don't. I don't. Know. Something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so and so it's it's asking yourself what that unfair advantage is and running with that because that's going to be way more productive for you. It's going to feel way more natural and like definitely work on your weaknesses. Yeah. But if we're weighing so heavily on weaknesses, we're going to lose the sparkle mm-hmm. of our strengths that we were naturally given. That makes you you. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, like women compete with each other on these things. So in the dating world and in whatever like relational status you're at, like you can still let other women shine or men, whoever's listening Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like not feel like they're a threat to you because having confidence in your partner and that they want to be with you and you're both wanted. That's what makes it so romantic to me is that they are choosing me regardless of all of the other wonderful options yes that's because why other women exists. are so great yes. other guys are so so great yes but i like want what i have and they want me back and that person can still be funnier than me and prettier than me and whatever it might be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i would way rather we've talked about this a lot i'd way rather be wanted than needed mm-hmm. i agree every day yeah and please know all of this saying like that i do the complete opposite <laughs> Like, sometimes I struggle. Like, I can be so jealous. I can get insecure. Like, I can be all of these things. No one's perfect at it. We just know what we're saying is true and that it's hard to do it, though. It's so hard to do it. And the last thing I'll say with this jack of all trades, master of none, is this can help you be more confident Mm -hmm. as well when you can just embrace the things you're not good at and try and improve them, but really, like, love your talents and embrace them Mm -hmm. because that makes you you. And when you focus on what everyone else has that you don't have, it can really hurt your self-esteem, your confidence. And at the end of the day, confidence is the most attractive thing, period, I think. Yeah, because, and I think I might have said this on last episode, but, like, if you're trying to sell something, the, like, just in general, let's say you're doing door-to-door sales, the person who's going to get the most sell sales is the person who is confident in what they're selling, right? Like, they, you know, the saying of people are passionate about what other people are passionate about. And so, like, if you, like, know what you're selling, and not that we have to sell ourselves, like, sell other people, but we do. We have to sell other people on the idea of us, right? Like, we have mm-hmm. to sell other people on us. That's, like, what dating and relationships are. And you're going to be able to do that so much easier if you're confident. And being a jack of all trades, a master of none, it's just such a shallow way to live. Like, it's just, there's just not a lot of depth mm-hmm. to that, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. And taking this back to what we talked about earlier with with perfectionism, dating, filling all of the boxes and roles for someone. um, Perfectionism breeds admiration and fear, not connection. And so, you know, it's okay to want to be impressive to the person you're dating. You actually should want to be impressive, right? Yeah. The reason that, that people are impressive to someone is because they have traits that that person wants, right? And they have traits that that person admires. And not that admiration is a bad thing. Um, but, and not that wanting to impress your partner is a bad thing, but if that takes priority over connecting with them, that's when it becomes a problem and that's when it becomes harmful. Mm -hmm. And I think when it jeopardizes being authentic and genuine to who you are, Mm -hmm. then it's like, uh, I'll just go back to the rock climbing situation, which is hilarious because I'm not a rock climber and I love having my nails done Mm -hmm. constantly. So I'm obviously not a rock climber. So let's say that... 
someone I was into was really into rock climbing, not staying true to myself and trying to gain that like admiration and that Ooh. fear of rejection. I would be like, Oh yeah, I like rock climbing too. Let's go. Let's try it. Yeah. And I'm like really trying to do rock climbing when on the inside, I'm like, you know what? I'm just a girl that really likes my nails and I actually don't want to do this. Yeah. And you can say that, but trying to impress them, it's like, oh, I want them to think I'm carefree and like adventurous. Yes. Which oh my I gosh. still am, but I cannot like rock climbing. <laughs> yes. And I don't. so don't let it jeopardize how you're really feeling out of the fear of losing admiration or fear of being rejected and use it as a point of connection or authenticity vulnerability thousand percent yeah and again and and again we always want to walk this line of like obviously go do things with your partner that they like right even if it's like you know like oh i'll go rock climbing with you one time just so we can spend quality time together or but i can go and watch you or i can go watch like support exactly yeah but like once you like alicia had said once you're contorting yourself to it, uh, out of a result of fear of losing admiration or fear of losing the facade or fear of not being impressive that's when it's a problem mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. And, like, the last thing on this is there's a difference between impressing someone with things that you love and are confident about in yourself and then impressing someone by trying to fill every role for them. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a, a stark difference there because it's – and the, the difference, w- to contextualize, it looks like I know I'm a funny, intelligent <laughs> – trying to think – funny, intelligent – That's crying. <laughs> what am I <laughs> – I know, you know, like if someone were to be like, oh, I know I'm funny, intelligent and supportive. Right. And I'm impressed by the work I've done on myself or the fact that I've been given those things naturally. I'm impressed by that. And I can't wait for someone else to also be impressed by that. Mm -hmm. Great. That's different than what you were just talking about. Right. Where it's like, oh, well, like this person needs me to be validating and fun and perfectly physically intimate with them. And this is this. So I'm going to do all of these things to impress their idea of what's impressive. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. That, that was a lot of words sense. in the lot in a, in a, mm-hmm. that made total sense. Okay. Good. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> good, good. Absolutely good, good. nailed it. Um, so at the end of the day, just don't try and be literally everything. Cause you're going to set mm-hmm. yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. And you're also, you're just kind of jeopardizing the relationship in a way. The too. connection. Yeah. Well, and I shouldn't even say jeopardizing cause it's not like, what am I trying to say? Like, it's okay if the relationship stays or leaves. Like, both yes. are okay. It just needs to come from the place of authenticity and connection, not the facade, not the trying to be everything. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we try to be everything to cover up for things that we're not. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's like, oh, I'm actually kind of insecure that I'm not this, so I'm going to really overcompensate so they don't think I'm this. Yes. Yes. Which people, I think, can see through that so much more easily than we think they can. Yeah, maybe. I really think that, like, I really think that they can, which is probably a horrifying truth of life. But, you know, like, I I, I think people can tell when you're, quote unquote, trying too hard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, people can see through that. Um, And, like, and I don't know. It's just, again, you just got to be comfortable with some people not being compatible with you. And a lack of of compatibility does not equal a lack of worth or a lack of lovability. Totally. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can still accept each other and appreciate that person and move along. Move right along. Yes. Anyway, it's tough out there, folks. (laughs) We we salute you. (laughs) Yeah, we salute you for trying, just like we're trying. Just like we're trying. We didn't put together takeaways. Should we do it on the fly? We're going to do it on the fly, y'all. This is is authentic, from the cuff, 
that's not that cuff? phrase from the yeah from the hip that's what it is <laughs> it's it's off the cuff from the hip those are the two phrases okay. and i just mixed them together gotcha is what i just it sounded did. great oh thank you so much okay we're gonna do it first takeaway take first takeaway whoa whoa <gasps> whoa oh my gosh guys it's just been so long since we did this yeah. uh, oh my gosh who am i okay <coughs> Sorry, let me regroup let me recollect I myself i just almost had an aneurysm <laughs> takeaways mm. Good, mm. good, good, good. Okay, number one, you should never contort yourself to make a relationship work. If it's it, it will work out without you forcing it. Yes. Yeah? Number two, my personal favorite is focus on your skills and talents and loving and accepting those. Embrace the things you're not as good at. Know that they're aware. Be aware of them. But let your talents shine. Don't try and compensate for the things you're not good at. Love. Number three, perfectionistic behaviors are bred from a need for admiration and and from fear not connection and so asking yourself the intention of your actions can help you get a lot of clarity on whether you're operating in a healthy or unhealthy way Mm -hmm. the other thing i'll just say adding on to that super quick is if you feel yourself not being authentic or if you feel yourself leaning towards perfectionist tendencies Ask yourself, what am I afraid of right now? Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. And that question can help you push back from trying to be everything or anything that you're not. Love it. So, okay, that's all Guys. we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please leave us a review and a rating. We yes. would love to see it and we hope to have you back. Okay, we'll see you soon, you guys. My name's Anna. My name's Alicia. And, and this, this is Popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism.